1: Do it. Hit me.
0: We got it. All right. Every region has legends, folklore, customs, and traditions that get passed down from generation to generation. hmm I mean I mean we talk about them weekly. Right. This is Weird and Feared. Yeah. Now, from France. Normandy, to be specific, mm-hmm. comes tales of a creature called the Luton. But Lutons and their cousins can be found all throughout the Old World. Okay. For those unaware, Luton, when translated to English, generally means hobgoblin, and as a concept, they're comparable to a gnome, fairy elf, imp, leprechaun, pixie, brownie. Brownie. Yeah, brownie. Like the Girl Scout cookies? Well, I mean, that would be... <laughs> the deliverer of Girl Scout cookies? The uh, the transporter of the cookies. Yeah. No, um, but Brownie, we'll, we'll talk about them later. There's actually a lot going on. About Girl Scouts. But, yeah. um, Yeah, well, we'll not, we're not going to talk about Girl Scouts later on on the podcast. That no, would good. be less than ideal. Although they do have, ex- like you said, they do have exceptional cookie delivering powers. They do. And sometimes, some, you know, c- that can actually kind of be um, described as a little bit, you know, supernatural. Because Hmm. man, why are those cookies so good?
1: I don't know. What are your favorite cookies? I like the Thin Mints a lot. Uh, Who doesn't?
0: Do you put them in the freezer?
1: I have in past experiences, yes. It's a good experience. Yeah. I also like. I don't know. They keep changing the names of them. I like the coconut ones with like the caramel. Oh, are they like little rings? Yeah. I don't know what they're called anymore. You
0: know awesome? I like to buy the, just whatever the generic kind is or like the kind that people actually make. You can just go to shelves and buy all year. Right, yeah. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah. But I don't know what they're called. Coconut, I just call them Coconut delicious. ring things. Coconut ring, th- ring things.
1: Yeah.
0: What if I walked into a supermarket and I was like, hey, can I have some of your coconut ring things? And they'd be like... They know what you're talking about. I don't think... I mean, I would like to think they would. But that thing's not a monster. But I mean, neither is a Luton, like I said. Gnome, fairy elf i wouldn't call those monsters imp leprechaun well, pixie yeah it depends right it depends i mean sprite and we're and we're not going to despite we're not going to i mean no none of these episodes will ever just besides maybe tangents that will happen in this episode we're not going to talk about just girl scouts and their cookies unless the, <laughs> unless i find out there's some monstrous origin to the girl scouts then here we go hmm Susie Bell killed this monster. All right, that's not...
1: Then she led legions of
0: <laughs> Girl fellow Scouts. girls. And actually, Girl Scouts deliver cookies now, but the origins are they slayed a monster back in the day with a giant <laughs> knife, and it was a very bloody battle.
1: Yeah,
0: I feel like that's something we would stumble upon, though.
1: It might be. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not going to rule it out. Like
0: a similar type story, but I mean... Anyways, the Lutin.
1: Yeah, the Like Luton. I
0: said, any one of those various things I said, Gnome, fairy, Elf, Imp, Leprechaun, Pixie, Brownie, Sprite. I mean, you get the idea. Uh-huh. Small little guys or gals, maybe those are the ones in the Girl Scout troops, I don't know. But they are, co- they are called luteens that possess powers but are not limited to these powers. Again, you know, folklore can vary, but they can turn invisible, control the weather, change shape, usually into small animals, and are generally the culprits of mischievous acts. Uh Could you call them tricksters?
1: A little bit. Absolutely.
0: Well, consider that little paragraph kind of a prologue for today. Uh Because today's story features a deep freeze, a blind pig, dozens of dead soldiers, and a Cadillac.
1: That's a lot of things happening. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's an assortment uh, of uh,
0: objects that I'm going to throw at you in uh a... Various, the delivery method will be varied, of course.
1: uh uh-huh.
0: But, I mean, if you thought me mentioning a General Motors automobile was shocking, I mean, how could this episode not feature a Cadillac?
1: I mean, Cadillacs are cool. Right. Especially the older the Cadillac, the cooler the Cadillac.
0: Never had a Cadillac. Had a Chevy Caprice. Yeah, it was cool. GM, Crown Victoria, Ford. Yep. Either way, they're both pretty similar. Both are cool. Pretty cool. This just tells me I need to get a Cadillac someday. You should. It'll be an older one. The
1: Caprice was cool.
0: I I do miss that car. <laughs> it was a very expensive car. Mm-hmm. And the um, the 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 summer when the exhaust was broken was not a good. I mean, that so that summer would be okay because you could have the windows down. The winter, the exhaust was broken. Was not a good winter. Because all the fumes from the exhaust went into the Did car. You got a little sleepy. <laughs> it wasn't great. When when the when <laughs> it started to fog up from the inside, and I was like, oh god! And I rolled down the window, and it's thirty degrees. And of course, even then, it was. I mean, it, it's an man to think how old that car would be now. Jesus Christ! But even back then, it was you know at least a twenty five year old car. Heat wasn't the best, so <laughs> it's very cold. Just let match. very warm. Well, that would be <laughs> fine. But also, um. I used the muffler had also broken in the back at one point. All these things got fixed except the the uh, the right side passenger side door handle that never got fixed. It took a little shimmy.
1: Yeah, as you
0: do. When my neighbors bought that car, I always thought about trying to break into it because I knew I was the only one who knew how to open it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I got it. But I used the safety vest to tie the muffler up to the car. That only lasted that lasted maybe a week or so. When like, I mentioned to my father, and he said, you know that my kitchen on fire. And, and I looked down, and it started like, to brown. I was like, oh, God. All right, that's got to go. That's got to go. Uh-huh. That's not a good solution to that. That's not a permanent solution to that problem. Mm-mm. But again, that was a Caprice. GM vehicle, but not a Cadillac. No, no Cadillac. But how could our f- story not feature a Cadillac? Because our story takes place in Detroit. It was early March 1976. As some line workers enjoy their meal break by opening their lunch pails and drinking from their thermoses, they notice a small child run up an electrical pole. Uh-huh. What? The, yeah. What the hell is this kid doing? They may have thought. They yelled at him to get down from there because, well, again, what the hell was he doing?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a normal thing to see.
1: It's not, I imagine.
0: No, I mean, and, and of course he was not. Um. He's a small child. It's not like he was. Working for a separate electrical company of any sort. Nope. There's no competing linesmen. There's no competing electrical companies in any... Re- that's a monopoly, really. Is it? I think so. Sure. Get power through someone else besides a around here. Can you do that? Probably not.
1: No, not that I not that I know of.
0: Utilities have different regulations. Anyways, but that's not what we're talking about. This small child ran up the electrical pole. Well, these guys, they yelled at him to get down from there because, well, yeah, again, what the hell was he doing? Well, and from down there he came, dropping from his perch. They began to approach him when the child sneered at them and took off. They lost track of him. Weird,
1: yeah, right? Yeah, just a little bit.
0: I mean, what part of that sounds normal?
1: Uh, None of that, actually. None of it sounds normal. All right, that qualifies as a weird.
0: It's mm-hmm. one half of this show. That is one half of this show.
1: Will this episode get to a feared part? Hmm, interesting. Could I don't interesting. know. Interesting.
0: Yeah, you have no idea. No idea. Not a clue. Mm-hmm. That night, a terrible ice storm hit the city and the entire lower portion of Michigan, stretching from its west to its east.
1: Terrible, lake, terrible ice storm. Right,
0: from lake to you lake. That weird. What did that weird. How did I say it? Terrible ice. turbo, Terrible ice. Terrible, turbol, ice storm.
1: No, but I, I got it.
0: But do you want to know what's, you know what my
1: least favorite kinds of ice storms are? Turbo ice. turbo kind. <laughs> Terrible ice <turbolice> storms. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean, they're not fun. No, they're less than ideal. I mean, when I woke up this morning, it was snowing pretty good and I had to drive up to Chi-town.
0: That sucks. You know, it's amazing when you wake up and you're just like, oh, it's snow. Yeah. Like it's done. And just like, where'd that come from? Yeah,
1: it wasn't even that bad. It was just, you know, just enough. Just enough you'd really, be like, well, somebody's mm-hmm. going to die on the highway today. I hope it's not me.
0: Yeah, because you know people in Illinois who experience, well, then again, climate's a little different. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's people born who don't know what snow is, who are of 16 years of age and can drive a car. <laughs> sure. I hope not. I mean, I would hope not. Not if they yeah. live around here. Yeah, I would hope not. I would hope not, but snow is not as often as it used to be. It's true. And then when it comes, it's just a giant downpour. And then it's like a week of hell, and then like it goes away.
1: I mean, we had like two inches today. Right, today is okay. No.
0: Winter will hit us in April. It's fine. Yep. Anyways. <laughs> the governor declared a state of emergency. And according to MLive.com, again, that's a site, a lot of Michigan stuff, a lot of Michigan news. It's actually a site. This um face the webs the Facebook page for this show shares a lot of things from a lot of Michigan stuff or just local parks and things and I just hope somebody goes to a cool park when I share a link and they go to this park and then they, maybe they see a monster or something I just want <sighs> I just want to encourage that
1: I want to encourage that too. Speaking because, of my earlier yes, yes, I drove through a hmm. little village today. I had my eyes peeled for the Mothman. Oh my god! Didn't see him.
0: He's still around. I know. It's an episode we have to do eventually. Mm-hmm. Moth- Mothman Revisited.
1: Since we were talking about driving around. Though. Yes. God, that's when you thats when you see him, though. Yeah.
0: No red eyes staring at you, nothing.
1: No, you. I mean, it was in the middle of the daytime. It was like 11, 11 a.m.
0: He does like nighttime or dusk. Uh-huh. That's true. He's still sleeping off his hangover from the night before in his spaceship in yeah. over Lake Michigan.
1: Yep. But I looked. You had to. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you, since we're on the subject, did you partake in any carnitas? I
1: did not. Damn it. I would have loved to.
0: You know what I would like right now?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some carnitas? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've
0: been cutting back in my car was at this exact moment. I would just pound a carnita. I'm just saying. Anyways, the Associated Press reported on March 4th, 1976, that the state of emergency allowed the Michigan State Police to call in about 100 members of the National Guard to the towns of Greenville, St. Charles, and Belding along with Gratiot County. And I may have skipped the part where I said the governor declared a state of emergency. If I did not, (laughs) that state of emergency was still declared. All right. Well, power outages were widespread. According to the AP, 120,000 customers were without power in the Detroit area. And another 600,000 customers were without electric service in the rest of Michigan as of March 3rd. 1976. All right. Let's jump back a little further.
1: Mhm.
0: Mm, about 9 years further. Okay. All right. A blind pig. It's a blind pig. Well, for, for those I'm glad you asked. For those unfamiliar, and before I got into looking this up, I never knew that, but again, it might be a term that just is now forever a part of my vernacular. Is a term that originated during Prohibition.
1: Mm-hmm. Another name for a speakeasy. It's a fun time. Prohibition. Is, isn't that cool? Yeah, it was cool. I don't Sounded know. Sounded actually a not very cool time. Oh, Prohibition. Yeah, no, w- what that w- didn't sound that fun.
0: I mean, what would I mean? I mean, I'm I'm kind of decently versed in history. What didn't you like about Prohibition? I'm pro. Um, What's the bad? Not pa-
1: Prohibition.
0: What's the uh, what was the bad part about Prohibition? What's you see,
1: it- I really like a beverage known as beer. Whoa, go on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's
0: a shot man to those who didn't know you are a fan of the beverage on his beer yeah
1: and you weren't allowed to drink it see for me that's no fun I just love the fact that this
0: country of all countries at one point decided of all the things you make a constitutional amendment for in the constitution Constitution. of the United States the constitution of the United States the same document that gives you freedom of speech they decided all alcohol is illegal
1: that's a weird thing we really jumped the gun on that one.
0: We're the best country because that's the only amendment to be repealed by another amendment. Because
1: what? <laughs> You're like, wait, what were we thinking?
0: It's actually kind of my, f- in a way, prohibition. I didn't get to live through it, so I can say this is like my favorite amendment. You want to know why?
1: Which part of it? The first part of the second well, just part? the
0: fact that the prohibition existed. The fact that the first one. We'll say the first amendment mm-hmm. because it required a second amendment. And it was proof that the Constitution is a living document. Uh It can grow and change. You can try one thing and be like, ah, maybe not. And then undo it and just go on about your business. That's true. I like that part.
1: Except it took like 16 years.
0: That sucks. (laughs) I know it sucks. But again, like I said, I did not get to live through it.
1: Uh So. Had you, you would have been hanging out at Blind Pigs. I don't know.
0: Had me, I would have maybe been a veteran of the World War, the First World War. I might have gone into the Second One. I mean, I had a lot of worse things in my plate back then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it was the
0: Great. De- yeah, was it? A, it was into the Depression eventually. Yeah. I mean, it got there. When was it? God, I, I don't have the exact date of when Prohibition was repealed. I figured it was early '30s, right? It was like <sighs> all the '20s, right? And then no,
1: yeah, right. I I don't recall because thank thankfully I haven't lived through that era I can drink beer whenever I want and not worry about problems
0: and nowadays you can also smoke marijuana whenever you want what a good time to be alive hell yeah all right I got the exact dates ready on me. prohibition lasted from 1920 to 1933 December 5th hmm
1: huh.
0: 13 solid years were like nah It only took 13 years for, be, for there to be organized crime in this country
1: Oh yeah and the Roaring Twenties were roaring Because it was all the elite that were just like yeah, we got booze
0: Isn't that amazing how the Roaring Twenties are just looked upon As this like ridiculous time period And like alcohol was illegal
1: uh-huh. But it, it was
0: Proud to be an American <laughs> <laughs> What are we doing? What have we done? What will we do? Hmm. (laughs) Anyways, we're not talking about any of that beyond the fact that the definition of a blind pig is the same as that of a speakeasy. Okay. Now, once Prohibition ended, again, on December 5th, 1933, the term lingered around and was, is associated with vintage-styled bars.
1: Uh Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I don't know about you, I don't know. Does any place around here remind you of a vintage style
1: bar? What would you consider a vintage style bar? By the way, I mean one comes to mind. <laughs> is I would consider it a vintage style bar. It is a.
0: I mean, we don't have to talk. Does it have a? I mean, you can give me a hint or say it. I don't care. How much local? Let's get into some local cool stuff. Uh, what's your favorite? What's your favorite blind pig in this Grundy County area?
1: I mean, the only thing that really comes to mind as a vintage bar. Yeah. Is the little little get-together called the KG9?
0: The KG9. I think it's known to those who love it as the cage.
1: It is. You can go rage at the cage. Cool. Yeah.
0: It's a real cool thing to have around.
1: It's pretty cool. I still don't think it would qualify as a speakeasy. It might have at one point.
0: Honestly, like, if you could name a bar that looks the most like a house.
1: It is mm. most like a house. I mean, it is literally showing up at a house. And it's
0: in the middle of a neighborhood. Yeah. And the uh, place next door to it is a restaurant slash bar. But really, from the outside, that's just a house, too. It's
1: true. So, true.
0: So, maybe it's the blindest pig of all the blindest pigs. Maybe. Rumor has it they just redid the floor.
1: <laughs> Rumor has it.
0: I mean, I don't know how how many stories you have of its floor situation.
1: Uh, none of that jumped to mind really
0: because the last time I was there, I was coer- coerced into it by two people we, we both know. and the selling point was that two of a, two of the three people did not want to go to this place. okay but the one person one of the selling points was oh, they did the floor and you know it's a good <laughs> establishment? When someone tells you they just redid the floor. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, the, do you want to go to that place? Yeah. Again, well, they hey, redid no, they the just, floor. Hey, they just fixed the floor. Because, again, to those who wouldn't be familiar with this place, the first question you might ask yourself is, well, what was wrong with the floor? Right. And evidently, can I walk
1: on the floor? Well, evidently you could, well, but... It was, I'm, I'm playing the, uh, oh, go ahead. the listener's yes. perspective okay. here. Yes. So, go ahead. Uh, can Was the floor you know, walkable? You could
0: walk on it. How do you feel about your ankles?
1: Uh, I mean, my ankles are fine. Am I worried about them if I walk in this place? Um, well,
0: would you find, would you consider little uh, divots or cracks or crevices, or just plain out, flat out holes in the floor of an establishment where you would not expect holes to be treacherous to set ankles?
1: Well, how much have I had to drink?
0: I mean, if you're at this place, you... is it
1: possible that I've been overserved at this place?
0: Oh, this place obeys the law at all times. So there would so never I'm worried be. worried about
1: the holes in the floor, <laughs> and
0: it's very no one. You're always everything is on par here. Okay. So the point is, you but let's just say you've had a, you may have not been over served because we're always keeping tabs. you may have
1: overindulged before I showed up, right? Which they
0: would not have been aware of. So right. at this point, so
1: they're safe on that end. Taking
0: um, taking that into consideration, you could have been very. You could have been having a very fun time.
1: Yeah, I always do when I go to the cage.
0: So, if you were the
1: but it's got a new floor. If you were <laughs> if
0: you were the person who've never been here before and you have been doing all of these things, your ankles may be in danger. But with a new floor, absolutely not. That's cool. Yeah, you're here. You're here. You're having fun. All right. So one such bar was hosting the return of two Vietnam veterans on Thursday, July twenty third. 1967, in Detroit, Michigan. Of course, this is where this story takes place. This blind pig was unlicensed.
1: That's yeah, worth right? celebrating. I would say so, 100%. Yeah, they made it back.
0: Yeah, they're, hey, what's up, guys? Mm-hmm. Had a good time about that thing you did that, you know, hey, okay.
1: That you didn't want to do, probably. Yeah, did you, were, but...
0: were you drafted in this fun time? You're here, and then, hey, well, at least you got maybe some GI Bill stuff. To- okay, hey, hey, Vietnam War. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Well, this blind pig was an unlicensed weekend drinking club above the Economy Printing Company in the offices of the United Community League of Civic Action. Huh. This league was founded in 1964 to help give the community some influence in its political future. Politicians would contribute to the league because of its incredible ability to organize and rally support for its preferred candidates. Now
1: Sounds, sounds beneficial to... Uh Certain groups.
0: Yeah. Well, what part of that? What part of that last sentence sounds maybe you know counterintuitive to today's polit- political workings? The, like the politicians. The
1: politicians are donating money.
0: Yes, they're giving money yeah. to the group,
1: mm-hmm.
0: as opposed to the um, you know the political action committee donating money and just sponsoring the candidate. It's a little backwards. But I mean, back then there was no internet. Right. I always say that as if it's a surprise, but it makes a difference. Like it's something just it's to be aware difference. of. Like we know obviously, duh. But like, imagine. I mean, we can't get to imagine. I mean, there's people
1: alive today who, of course, live through it, who mm-hmm. don't
0: have to imagine.
1: But I mean, we lived through it for a good amount of time.
0: I kind of like that. How about you?
1: I I enjoyed it.
0: Do you like that? You know the before times. Yeah, it's cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We only beat the before. We just barely snuck in in the before times. Right.
1: Yeah, we didn't have cell phones until... I mean, I would say... I think I was 18. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have a,
0: a cell phone until I was in my last two years of high school. Not and, my
1: own cell phone, I would say. Oh, no, right. Yeah, until but, I was 18.
0: And then, you know, T9 to texting. I mean, it was oh, yeah. great.
1: T9, oh, yeah. Yeah, cool stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. How many times did you tap one and two and what? Three?
0: How many times did you play your sick fucking game, which obviously is just Snake.
1: Yeah, Snake's pretty cool wasn't even, I mean, and then like,
0: then the fancy phone was a Razor.
1: Oh, that was my first phone that I bought myself.
0: Yeah. It was, um, that phone was not contributed. No, I think I know I paid for part of that phone. I I will admit not all the phone, but I paid for part of that phone. I broke it when I flipped it open so fast the top flew off. (laughs) Hmm. I just, just snapped it right in half. I was like, yeah, flip open Razor, snap. Mm. And it was dangling by like just the two wires that connected it. I was like, I like my Razor. Yeah. No. Not anymore.
1: Not anymore.
0: But yeah, but even that time is so different than like a smartphone.
1: Oh yeah, it was super different.
0: There's no social media, none of that shit. So like political organizing would not even be anything close. I mean, obviously never close, but even back then it wasn't a thing. Like it was a huge huge deal when Obama got young people on the internet. And now it's the president I all I will say about him is that he's on the platform called Twitter and it's always a huge deal when he says anything.
1: Yeah. I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know me neither,
0: <laughs> but the fact that the President can say something on Twitter and it makes it to me through other means, let's say a reddit or a Facebook, I'm like oh, for Pete's sakes, oh, for Pete's sake, oh, for Pete's sake, yeah, who fucks Pete? I don't know i just I just hope there's an angel watching over him now again, this blind pig was unlicensed, right, okay. And, again, it was a thing that maybe certain individuals would not like it to exist. Because there's a license for serving liquor to people.
1: Yeah, because they can make money off it. Yeah, right, exactly.
0: Yeah, tax dollars, 100%. Mm -hmm. Well, its unlicensed nature is what prompted the Detroit police to raid the bar at 3.34 a.m. Going hard. Yeah, going hard, right? I mean, imagine, imagine if you're at a bar again. It, it's unlicensed, so like it doesn't close. Like right. It, there's nothing that matters. Yeah. And those people are there. They're probably not. They're just getting paid whatever. They're probably being paid by the politicians who sponsor the uh, committee because that's what's being hosted. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe people there are donating to the community. They probably are. Probably. That's probably what these liquor sales are for. But imagine being at a bar at three thirty four a.m. and the cops come in, and. Even if you're of legal drinking age, you shouldn't be drinking here.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna do a quick left to right and yeah. be like, "Boo!" What's happening here?
0: What are you gonna do if it's on the second floor, like this place?
1: Uh. How are you gonna go? Uh, Which way are you gonna go? Make left. an excuse for the bathroom on the first floor.
0: Like I, I just... Like that's the point where like you just try and like nonchalant like walk by the cops and hope they're distracted by just whatever's in front of them. Like their duty, they just kind of let you go. Yeah. Like, I and then right. I'm
1: gonna be like, "Oh, I have a duty." As well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I gotta go down like, stairs. Like officer, I gotta take a yeah. A duty.
0: Officer, you're my number one guy right now, but I gotta take a number two. Mm-hmm. I'm walking down these stairs. And yeah. do not interrupt this. Yeah.
1: It's important that you don't interrupt this.
0: Otherwise instead of a paddy wagon,
1: you're gonna need a potty wagon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. <laughs> take it back.
0: <laughs> i can't i can't take it back i'm being punished <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, i'm being so punished <laughs> <laughs> all right well the officers had received a tip that a quote hot party end quote was going on from an informant like it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, right? It's so or cool. It's, it's like, hot. No, it's, it's hot. It's so cool. It's hot. It's lit. Yeah, hot probably means you know, like you said, like you will. I don't know. Like I, I'm gonna say maybe illicit drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or anything of that sort. No, that's
1: probably a fair bet. And, illicit you know. drugs.
0: But I mean, even the alcohol being illegal because this is a place you shouldn't be drinking and money's being exchanged. I guess I yeah. So it's
1: illicit drug at that point, right? All right. Or what year were we in?
0: Yeah, no, well, I mean, we're at sixty four, so it's oh, yeah, it's way no. legal, it's way Ooh. legal. But the fact that it's an unlicensed place, maybe it's going to the the uh, political action, the the league.
1: Some white lightning, some uh, moonshine. Ooh,
0: that could be. I mean, that could be a fun thing. But I'm just thinking these don't these the money that's being spent on the bar could be being used for political candidates. So maybe that's some kind of campaign contribution type. Huh. I mean, yeah, I got you. Probably not. There's no way to trace that stuff. It's all cash, especially in sixty four. But the cops were on the hunt. They uh-huh. knew there was, a, there was a party afoot, and it was a hot one. And one of the officers participating in the raid, Anthony... F- hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it's uh, Anthony Fierimanti had said local Baptist ministers didn't like the late-night parties. Quote, Everybody forgets that the Baptist ministers in Detroit had tremendous power, and the last thing they wanted was all these after-hours joints in the city. End quote. Fierimanti would continue saying it, quote, was the black community that insisted we, end quote, clamp down on these establishments. They wanted to shut them down. The police sent in their undercover officers to make an illegal purchase. The writers were not far behind. So, you know, undercover guys go in, cops mm-hmm. coming up like, hey, we're, here we go. The police were expecting 20-some patrons when they busted on the door and headed upstairs to the league's offices, but were shocked to find over 80 people enjoying their delicious beverages instead. Uh-huh. So, prepared for 20.
1: And 80. 80.
0: The exact number, I, I say over 80 because I saw some fluctuating reports, but the most common number I heard was 84. So, 84 people. I mean, that's a lot of people, though. It's a chunk of people. How big are these offices? Is it like all crammed together? So like, if it's an older building, so the I mean, cops walk up and see a people.
1: Eighty-four, depending on what size your establishment is. It's a lot like of people. Most man. people, most bars, like smaller time bars, mm-hmm. they're not over eighty-four. You're looking at maybe sixty at max occupancy. All right.
0: So eighty people, and these cops come in looking to enforce the law, and these eighty people were enjoying their delicious beverages. You know, Uh hanging out and having fun. Well, the group of police officers were drastically outnumbered. Does that shock you? No. Yeah, okay, I didn't think so. (laughs) No, it sure doesn't. Yeah, they were not prepared. The bar goers were primarily black, as it was a primarily black neighborhood. The rating police officers were white. I mention these things because it will matter in the tale I am about to tell you. Right. Realizing they were outnumbered, the officers attempted to drag their black undercover operatives out of the bar to safety. So because it was a primarily black neighborhood, the black cops went in undercover to just, you know, mm-hmm. they may have been one of the ones to give that. Well, they probably wouldn't have given the hot tip because they knew, obviously, that that's why the cops got sent in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But knowing the, uh, you know, the patrons, send those guys in, infiltrate make a few maybe illegal purchases and like, okay, this is a legit thing. This should not be here. Uh So the the officers attempted to drag their black undercover operatives out of the bar to safety. Now, how do you feel about white cops dragging out black bar drinkers? How do you think the crowd would react to that situation?
1: Uh, I would guess that would go poorly, given the time and... uh, The demographics of the situation? Yep. I mean, it still wouldn't go great, no matter where you're at. Correct.
0: Well, in this particular situation, the other bargoers took this as a sign of unjust police aggression, even though the cops are just trying to, like, psst, trying to get their guys out. Like, yeah, like ah, hey, gonna, hey,
1: we got to get you out of here. Yeah. So like, My oh, like,
0: you're out of control. I got to take you to jail. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, I'm arrest. I'm under arrest. But everybody not in on the, the game. Yeah, He's like, like, hey, don't take <laughs> this. What are yeah, you doing? He's yeah. just drinking a drink. And the cops are like, ah, why are we here? Why are we here? <laughs> if we what sh- have we done? <laughs> this is a poor choice I made at some point in my life. Yeah. Where I'm around 84 people who are drinking at 3 in the morning.
1: Having fun, uh, not interrupting anything.
0: Celebrating people coming home from the Vietnam War.
1: That's worth celebrating, too. I would say so. <laughs> yeah.
0: One report I read um, in compiling this said that like they're waiting for a third guy to get there. So that guy probably never gets there. He probably, like, oh, he probably, should. well, I'm going to keep telling the story. Uh-huh. But as you can imagine, when he shows up to whatever's about to happen. He's probably going to dip. He's just like, this is not what we need. Yeah. No, no, no. All right. He's like, well, it's going back to Vietnam. No, he's not going to do that. He's, no, gonna, he's no, gonna go, go back there. He's going to go somewhere else to his house and hopefully take a nap. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Nice little sleep. Yeah. So after they assume the police were, you know, performing some aggressive tactics, they tussled with the officers. Oh, a little tussle. Just a little bit of a tussle mm-hmm. as they attempted to remove them. Well, again, you can, ex- you can predict how this works out. Soon bottles and billiard balls were being thrown at the police.
1: Yep. Not unexpected. Now, how do
0: you think that would feel? Being pelted From, with, a,
1: with a billiard ball? Oh, not good. Oh,
0: excuse me. Not
1: ideal. Well
0: summertime in Detroit that year was especially hot. And even though it was around four AM, many people were still outside trying to stay cool.
1: That sounds miserable.
0: Doesn't it sound awful? hmm Can you imagine just walking the streets at four AM? Now you don't have to be drinking, but I figure if you if speaking from my own individuality, if it was if I couldn't stay in my house at night, the air conditioning sucked. There was no air conditioning. And I just had to pace the streets just to try and stay cool for a little bit to try and just get any reprieve. If I'm not pounding water, you know what I'm pounding. Nice cold beer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cold beer.
1: Yeah. Z- 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 and if
0: everybody's outside, you probably walk around the street and just pick one up at everybody's cooler. Hey man, you got hey, man, what's up?
1: Yeah. Mm hmm.
0: Well, and the reason, I mean, the reason the reason why I think that might have been something that was actually going on is because, as it was, the area was known for its twenty-four hour party atmosphere. Fun neighborhood. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Twenty-four hours of party.
1: Makes me tired thinking about it. It makes you want to take a nap. Yeah.
0: But the good news is, if you, is if you when well is but at, as soon know, as I
1: wake up from my nap. Yeah. Here we go. You're back. I'm back.
0: And Now, my first sentence I was going to say was. Um, that came up when I that was going to come out of my mouth was, and if you wake up, no, hopefully, no, when you wake up.
1: Yeah, when you yeah, wake up. If
0: you wake up, you'll want more beer.
1: Mm-hmm. No, when you wake Just up. Sleep on your side. Yeah, dude.
0: <laughs> 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 Look at real, real, like real serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: oh,
0: oh, 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 we've all. Something I should probably think more about, to be honest with you.
1: It's a dangerous game you're playing. It's uh, real talk.
0: It's that's fucking real talk. He's got a. You just got to pass it on like a masseuse table where your head has a little hole. Oh, God. like, here I am.
1: Don't, don't drink that much. I mean, I, it's been a long time since that's happened. That's good. Uh, well, shouldn't, Ma-
0: shouldn't jinx myself. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Well, it took an... Well, as you was, you can imagine, the situation was going to play out fine. Mm-hmm. Everything's cool. Yeah, it was going to be fine. Yeah, okay. No well, worries. Especially for the police, right? I'm sure their job was going to be real easy.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to handle it really well. Yeah, I, I, I'm i on your team here.
0: Well, it took police an hour to round up everybody from inside the bar and arrest them because they would need to wait as more vehicles were called in to haul the drinkers away.
1: I mean, that's pretty efficient, really.
0: True. I mean, there's four cops. There's probably one. Four cops. Patty wagon. Okay. And there's 84 people. Well, the cops would have to wait for the reinforcements. They'd have to wait for more vehicles, because you just can't. And even if you have one vehicle or just two, they have to they have to make trips. Mm-hmm. And as they waited, like I said, this neighborhood party's twenty four seven. There's right. people watching. Okay. And the spectators spectated. At first, thirty. But the numbers soon escalated to two hundred. Okay. Now. The police did not like this at all for obvious reasons. Accountability. Yeah, accountability and, <laughs> yep. I mean, you can just feel, just if you've ever been in a place where there's been, let's just let's just call it a line of people who are just, you know, like staring at you, you can feel the tension build and ramp
1: up. I've never been in a situation where I stare at people and they're in a line to stare at me. Have you?
0: I've never stared at people, but I have had people staring at me as I perform tasks, and they're waiting for me.
1: Oh, I guess I've had that. I just I ignore them.
0: Right. I mean, correct. But I mean, <laughs> you ignore it, but like it's it's there. Right. I mean, it's like because you, it's a skill you have to develop. Right. My will is
1: stronger than yours. I will ignore you. I feel like that should be a tattoo you get. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it.
0: Listen, when you listen to this back, listen to exactly what you said. It's real good. Okay. (laughs) It's top-notch stuff. All right, good, good. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, like I said, 30 became 200, and of course the police not pleased. Well, excessive abuse by the police had not occurred at the Blind Pig this night. This community's relationship with uniformed officers and the city's leadership in general had been strained by several years of bad race relations.
1: Understandably.
0: Metropolitan area, inner city. 1960s police black community they
1: don't have the best reputation no especially abs- that time no absolutely they still don't they, but, really, uh, they really don't
0: they got yeah. the uh, with that accountability stuff you're talking about we got those uh, we talked about phones earlier those help things they do at least show everybody they try they they do try mm-hmm. well rosa parks of rosa parks fame i've heard of her ah uh, you may you may have after moving to michigan would say quote I don't feel a great deal of difference here. From Alabama. Housing segregation is just as bad, and it seems more noticeable in the larger cities. More
1: noticeable. That's terrifying. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it's
0: almost like in the South, you'd expect that racist shit. But up north, oh, land of the free, the union. Expecting a difference. I
1: guess I see that. It's like,
0: oh, no. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, Oh, this is the land of Lincoln, huh? Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. Anyways moving along in our journey. Mm -hmm. The city life and treatment was better for those able to improve their social mobility by getting union jobs in the auto industry, but for those unable to secure those jobs and still stricken in poverty, it was harshest of all. This was that kind of neighborhood. One man, dubbed initially by police as Greensleeves, because, again, the heat was existential it was out of control Uh and yet he for whatever reason was dressed in pants i'm assuming let's just say probably jeans right that makes sense and a long-sleeved green shirt this man green sleeves was unrelenting and managed to rile the crowd into a boisterous mob
1: i mean you can wear jeans and a long-sleeved shirt year-round like
0: yeah what if it's like 100 degrees I mean, you're not, it's not be comfortable. He's you can smart, do it, right? I mean, and is he working
1: outside? Like, he's you know, avoiding sunblock. Sunscreen.
0: That's true. That's true. He's covering up his arms at 3:30 in the morning
1: oh, well, from the, the, the
0: dangerous UV rays. Wow! Well, yeah. And he's probably been consuming much alcohol to to save him from the sun. That's true. I don't know how that works, but Maybe green sleeves is just. I mean, we talk a lot about a lot of supernatural stuff on this show. Maybe green sleeves is just a vampire, and he spent all day sleeping away from the sun.
1: Or maybe and it comes
0: is. out, and it's time to get crazy.
1: Maybe it's just an old folk song.
0: Maybe it is. Cause is that a, is that an old folk song? It is. What? Uh, okay. Is it? Uh, because I, I don't.
1: Hmm. <laughs> I mean. It is an old folk song. I can't tell you what it sounds like right now.
0: That's right. Play it for me later. Yeah, play for but is me it? Later. Is it like if? Okay, because let's. I'm not saying I'm like a super cool, awesome dot guy. I know everything. But like, mm-hmm. if I heard this song, would I recognize it? Either you know, I don't know. It's name. everybody would
1: recognize right, it. Okay. Everybody's gonna know it.
0: Everybody needs to go to YouTube and look up Green Sleeves. Yep. Because I want you to look up Green Sleeves and envision that folksy type of song. As I continue telling this story, imagine that as the back any folks. I mean.
1: All I can think of is the Shire song right now, but yeah, but Greensleeves is yeah. different.
0: Picture picture your favorite Hobbit song Yeah. as I'm about to tell you this ongoing. At this point, we can say it's going to be chaos. This mm-hmm. does not seem good, right?
1: No, it doesn't seem good. Okay.
0: Lieutenant Raymond Good said, quote, We pulled up to the corner 12th and Claremont. A large crowd, maybe 200 or 250 people, was milling around on the southeast corner. They were watching and yelling things at our precinct cleanup crew, which was herding people out of economy printing and into a paddy wagon to take them to the station. It was a hot and muggy night. It wasn't unusual to have large numbers of people awake and even walking the streets in that area because of the heat. While the crowd was loud and they didn't look very mean, a few waste baskets and other debris. Again, saving this for later. Waste baskets.
1: Waste baskets.
0: At first, when I was reading this, I thought that my butt might have been an insult for a human being. I'm glad it was get not. Trash. I'm glad it was not. But I figure in my actual human life that I'm currently living, I think I will adapt. Waste basket. <laughs> Your as a term. human life. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you don't want to know about my other lives. All uh-huh. right. Maybe they've already happened. Maybe they've yet to come. Interesting. I don't know. Stay tuned.
1: <laughs> it might get more weird and feared <laughs> We'll see. We'll, in, we'll, in here, <laughs> we'll see what
0: happens. Yeah. What What entity will speak through me? Well. If, it, if I ever begin the intro, welcome to Weird and Feared, and I say I'm, I'm <laughs> This is like nope,
1: <laughs> bowing out. Yeah, huh.
0: Nick is cashed out for Let's this. See episode. where this goes,
1: but uh, I'm gonna probably put up a wall between us or something. Well, I can't wait to write that episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I read it to you by Galactok from who knows where he may be from Langulos. Anyways, I can't. <laughs> I got too many things to think about.
1: Yeah, no, we gotta stay yeah. focused here. But
0: there was waste baskets and other debris littered. Well, these things litter the street. Then a tall, thin man, thin young man in a green shirt. Later we tagged him Mr. Greensleeves. Came out of the crowd and started yelling. Now these are, this is a quote within a quote. All right, quote. Get the cops off the streets. Let's get them whiteys. Don't let them take these people away. We're going to start a riot. You're going to get yours. The street is ours.
1: End quote within a quote. I mean, he's very uh, forward with yeah. what he's trying to do. He's got
0: a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. He's motivated. Yeah. He's ambitious. Yep. He's clearly getting everyone's attention. Yep. Because, I mean, I know this is primarily a black community, but if I'm in any corner of any street where somebody goes, let's get them whiteies," that has my attention, Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to start being a little more observant about what's about to happen
1: here. Like, which one? Hey,
0: hey, hey, whoa. Like, how we doing?
1: Yeah, Let's put the hood up.
0: What's up, man? Okay. Or I'd be like, yeah, get those whiteys and just like really sell it. Like, yeah, get them. And as long as they're not looking at me, I'm okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) Hashtag optimism is what that is. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He kept yelling. I'm continuing the uh, Lieutenant Raymond Good's quote.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. He kept yelling and the crowd responded with catcalls. Greensleeves walked across Claremont in front of our car. I opened the right door and put one foot on the street to see him better as he moved toward the crowd, screaming and waving his arms. Then I saw stars. Someone behind me had thrown a piece of concrete and hit me above the right ear.
1: Yeah, that sounds painful.
0: So what do you think he did after that?
1: Blacked out or shot his gun?
0: Got back in the car and told the driver to get the hell out of
1: here. Hmm. Right in between. Good guy. Yeah, it's a good moderate, right? Yeah. (laughs) Good
0: position. He's just like, we're done. Mm -hmm. Woo! (laughs) Yep. Get out of the way. Greensleeves was later identified as Michael Lewis, and many people looked to him as the cause for the entire situation spiraling out of control. But Police Commissioner Ray Giardin would later stress, quote, that if it wasn't Lewis, it probably would have been someone else. Or a few someone else's. Scapegoats. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, scapegoats, and I said that as a quote, but I was actually summing up words he had said previously. This is his exact quote. That was the gist of what he said. The exact quote was We all thought we would have a riot this summer because there were just too many green sleeves on the streets.
1: Green sleeves being a. Just a term. Similar f- to.
0: Right. Similar. Um,
1: yep. I got you.
0: Man doing the same things, yep. yelling and proclaiming, basically, here we are. Be here, be known. Yeah. Here we go.
1: On a soapbox, Uh essentially. Yep.
0: Well, after the cops rounded up the bargoers and their paddy wagons, people started making a mess. The looting began at a clothing store and grew from there. Assuming, perhaps, with as much optimism as they could muster, that these people would stop under their own power, the police stood by and did nothing. But with it being early, their numbers were still severely depleted. They couldn't have stopped them if they tried. I mean, they couldn't have. No. Four cops and whoever else had the paddy wagon outside. There's, there's no.
1: There's yeah, no help. 300
0: people, and you know there's going to be more than 300 people by this point. Right. But even after daylight broke, the police's numbers were still not enough to handle the ever growing mob. Their first arrest was at 7 a.m. So last, day, last time I told you it was like 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. Now we're at 7. One arrest.
1: Three hours. Yeah. Only one arrest. One arrest. Uh But what about the paddy wagon?
0: Paddy? Well, I don't think these take that into account because they seem like they're hauling all the people at the bar away. Like that seems to be like maximum priority. Like these guys got to go as opposed to the mob and the screaming crazy man outside. Okay. Much like the police chose to take an inactive approach to the turmoil. The local news opted to ignore it as well, fearing their coverage would encourage the same behavior. In other parts of the city. Mm-hmm. That's a safe concern. And I don't want the news to censor information from me. But as far as spreading panic. like I want them to be honest. Right. So I, I'm actually torn on this. Would you prefer the news be like. There's a fucking riot going on. Or just being like. People are causing a ruckus across the city. Or there's been local. Like how. Like I don't. How, where do you come down on this? Because I was writing this. I didn't know how I felt to be honest. Because I could see why they wouldn't. But I also want the news to like not be a bunch of fucking I mean, the, liars. The
1: news is there to uh, inform citizens. So I would side on the the side of them, just telling you what's informing happening, informing what's happening. Yeah. When it comes down to it, I agree. am I going to go out and join that riot? Probably. Yes. Is it their fault? Probably. <laughs> but. <laughs> Tell me the truth. But tell me the truth, goddammit.
0: I'm a human being. I will react. I want, I want I to react. know if there's a riot
1: happening and, so I can be involved with it. It's right? a hot
0: party. It is a hot <laughs> party. And it is being the hottest of all parties right now yeah. in like every way. Not even just like like lingo. Yeah. It's scorching outside. It's still 4 a.m. It's fucking hot. Well, it's 7 a.m. at this point.
1: And the news is lying to me.
0: It's going to get real hotter. And then you're listening to the lie. Lie talk, mm-hmm. seven a.m. lie fake talk. Fake news. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was beating around that fucking bush. Yeah, fake news. No, man.
1: the news should always uh, spit it like it is.
0: Absolutely, and that's what I fucking hate about that term is because it makes like yeah, I like some like news should just tell you what is going on.
1: It and should be s- up to s- the rationale of the typical human right. being and if to know what's best and. I'm going to go riot. So that's not on them.
0: Right. And if it's an editorial, say, I'm an anchor. This is my opinion about this
1: issue. And I could be like, I'm an anchor and I'm going to go riot. Now follow me.
0: (laughs) As in 1967, Zach sits outside talking to his bar of soap. And this this just (laughs) in, I'm going to riot. It's going to be fucking awesome.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep. Embrace the riot. Let's go. Ah,
0: Yeah. Well, so guess, so that is going on right now. And um, Mayor Jerome Kavanaugh said the ongoings were "quote critical, but not yet quote out of control."
1: Seems like a fine line to walk there. I tend to
0: agree, because like this, is, he, it's like it's like the guy looking out your window doing like a little side eye,
1: like hmm, like I'm okay. I feel like if you're looking at a wildfire out of your house window, you're like, oh. well, it looks like it might turn. It's like just like, it might be okay. Oh man! It's like when do you make that call where you're like, "This isn't good." Get the kids, grab the dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, it's lapping up the side of the house now. All right, maybe, maybe now we call
0: it. Oh man, I was. It's so funny. It didn't occur to me at any point while putting this together, or in any previous dealing with this topic. But like when the last major flood happened, that was literally what I was doing. I was like, well. <laughs> this is very
1: bad, but we're okay. <laughs> that was exactly what I thought. So, you were towing that line. You were like, when's it when's like, it gonna Like, well, it's it's over the
0: road so I can't leave with my car this water coming to my domain. But it isn't here yet.
1: So, it's fine.
0: It's okay. Fine. It was it was it's the exact same line. Yeah. <laughs> The following day, state police were called in to help stop the rioting. And although they couldn't make any arrests, they were more bodies. So the National Guard was called in. Governor George Romney. It's always good. I mean, it usually leads to cool stuff, right? And Governor George Romney, and I promise, he's a governor of Michigan. I'm not just going to keep talking about the Romneys. But he was governor at this time. He wanted okay. federal troops as well, but President Lyndon B. Johnson, LBJ, said he could only do so if Romney declared a state of insurrection.
1: Okay. How do you feel about anyone having that ability? Uh, insurrection. It's pretty cool, um, Not right? good. Sounds pretty cool, though, doesn't it? I mean, depends on which side you're on. Well, I mean,
0: the insurrection itself doesn't sound cool, but the terminology, no. state of insurrection. Well, in doing so, LBJ sent troops in under the Insurrection Act of 1807. Now I cut out the whole thing, I. You know what tangent I had to avoid? The tangent that involved me telling you all the cool degrees of the Insurrection Act of 1807 and how cool that sounds.
1: Sounds dangerous. Do you
0: want to know that? You want to know the spoiler, plot twist? In modern times, it's not good. Real uh, bad.
1: I can see that. Real bad.
0: But a, those laws have been amended since 1807. They were first amended after Reconstruction ended post Civil War. They basically made it a state's responsibility to put down an insurrection and ensure the federal government could not intervene unlo- unless right unless the state wanted them to. Initially done to ease tensions after the federal government had pulled troops out of the South after having controlled them with military districts. Again, during Reconstruction oh, yeah, after the talking Civil War. About,
1: uh...
0: Yeah, you know, treason.
1: Yeah, it's
0: so like, time. It's, I mean, right. So, like, that's a cool period of history. But I forget the first time I found it out. When I found out we literally controlled the South with, like, military districts and, like, military commanders. I was like, oh, my God.
1: It was, uh, I mean...
0: I mean, right. Well, they weren't states. It was an occupation. It was like I always picture when I tell people um, whenever this comes up, because I'm a cool guy who like if people are hanging out, I bring, this, sh- that I bring this shit up. No, it's sarcasm. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No. Right. Please <laughs> say that more because, yeah, when people are hanging We're out. Like, having, like, oh,
1: have, g- hello. Nice, to meet, nice um, to meet you. Have you heard of the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have
0: you heard of the Insurrection, insurrection Act of 1807? Do you know the South was controlled by military districts, and we occupied them like we occupied Iraq after the Iraq no, War in two thousand three? No, exactly what it was though. Yeah, hundred percent. I it can't w-
1: think of what the general that was like the guy Sherman for that. Was, was oh Sherman? yeah, Sherman. Yeah, he, I mean he was yeah. the
0: one who went across the South like it's all gotta go. Yeah,
1: burned it down. Yeah, a
0: literal fire
1: sale. Yep. <laughs> right. See ya.
0: Yep. Goodbye. Peace out. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like we, it was a foreign country that was our country, but
1: yeah. It, it's a weird thing. Yeah, it is. Absolutely.
0: So, of course, that comes after that. I mean, the first terrorism laws came after that, too, with the KKK. Like, it's a, history is amazing.
1: It like, is fun. Like, people think, like... I, I say it's fun after you just said the KKK. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> no,
0: I knew you. Yeah. No, right. the, the, no there's a the lot details. to take in.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a lot to take in.
0: Which is kind of like why I would do this here, because, like, I this obviously for this episode, I have an agenda. Right. The fact that this and even, we're getting to fun
1: stuff. This even I know comes we up are. Is,
0: it, the fact that this even comes up is like, what the fuck? But the fact that, like, history is always wild. We think now, like, I, I had this this epiphany a while ago. Like, our current times we're living in are pretty fucking wild, and they're absolutely insane. The things are out of control. Yep. But I was looking back. I think things are always out of control. They are. We're always flying by the seat of her pants. I mean, people To varying are, degrees.
1: People are... People have been the same forever.
0: Right. The same makeup. The same cerebral cortex. Whenever we've been humans, this is how we deal with shit. Yeah, so as we were kind of talking, we got into a little bit, but, like, there's a lot of history there, and it is worth getting into, especially with American race relations. You know, very important for everything that's happened since... But for today, our journey is taking us elsewhere. Yeah, where are we going? Well, Romney would accuse Johnson of playing politics by slow rolling the deployment of federal troops to Detroit. But eventually they came and the crisis intensified. On that Monday, per Wikipedia, these stats, uh, 483 fires, 231 incidents reported per hour and 1,800 arrests occurred. Damn. Lo- I know it's a lot. It's a
1: so it's
0: a I made a stack these numbers in there because it kind of helps put it into perspective. I know when numbers get so big, it's hard to contemplate. Yeah. But Like, just think about like, like somebody had to identify 483 different fires. Like That's they were, they were separate. Yep. Right. It wasn't like, this is over here. This is here. It might be, no, they're totally individual. Right. At least the best that I can ascertain. Looting and arson were widespread. I mean, the 483 fires gives away the arson part. When it came to destruction, a property owner's race made no difference. Black and white businesses met the same fate. The city's rage had become a blind one, and everything was destined for demolition. A black-owned pharmacy was one of the first places to go, along with a woman's clothing store. Quote, You were going to get looted no matter what color you were. End quote. Said one black businessman after the fact. Rioters shot at firemen, as they attempted to put out fires. But why? I mean, it's just like, hey, I made that. Like, I, I built that. I guess. And he's like, but like, somebody else built this one thing, and I'm trying to save you it.
1: You built that fire, and they built the fucking house. Yeah. Which one? Like, of- the
0: house came first. He's like,
1: fire comes next.
0: Bullets come later. <laughs> like, oh, whoa.
1: Oh, shit. Oh, shit.
0: And he's like, just spraying his hose. Like, well, he just slowly turns it off. Like, good day, <laughs> everyone. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: Just walks off into the, he might even just like drop his clothes and just slowly walk off into the crowd and like I am gone. Mm-hmm. Jeff, come back. The end. No, wait. There's a fire truck we have here. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. All right. The city was an inferno. Again, obviously, they're shooting at firemen. Right. Yeah. So like, that's not gonna. It's pretty fucking wild. Yeah, well, how much do you love Congress? <laughs> How much do you love our elected body of representatives?
1: I have already answered.
0: <laughs> I think you have. Well, one US representative, John Conyers, disagreed with the use of federal soldiers. I now me personally, Nick speaking, I can't pretend to know what he what um what was going on in his head. But I assume in regards to what was he was about to do, he genuinely believed he would make a difference. Okay. Now, I've tried to paint a picture of the city as it was during the siege. Right. So, picture this.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: He drove down 12th Street. You know, ground zero for the entire thing. It's no 8 Mile, but... I, don't, I can only imagine what 8 Mile was up to at this period in time. hmm uh-huh. I don't know. It's worth looking up. Google what happened to 8 Mile yeah I it's have worth no looking idea, it's so. worth looking up i'm sure so he parked grabbed a bullhorn he had brought with him sprang who well, he got out yeah right sprang onto the hood of his car and proceeded to shout toward the masses quote okay we're with you but please this is not the way to do things please go back to your homes mhm uh so how do you think this worked out for they, him.
1: They threw shit at him. You think? Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, in a riot perspective, yeah. somebody telling you what to do yeah. is going to get pelted. Right.
0: Because the whole thing is about, like, nobody tells me
1: what to do tonight. Yeah. This is my time. I'm rioting. Leave me alone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm working things out. Yeah. I could go see a therapist.
1: Or I could throw things <laughs> at people that try to tell me what to do and
0: what category Mr. Representative do you fulfill tonight
1: oh and i well, i mean i know
0: yeah his vehicle became a magnet for bottles and rocks mhm well president johnson having approved of their deployment monday night the following tuesday the feds moved in 8000 michigan army national guardsmen were deployed to quell the disorder 8000 Laid- 8, absolutely Later, their number would be augmented with 4,700 paratroopers from both the 82nd and 101st Airborne Divisions. Shit. And 360 Michigan State Police Officers. There are so many people around.
1: We're talking 1,200 plus. Right. No, thirteen, twelve thousand 12,000 plus. Yes. Yeah.
0: Detroit is at war. Oh, yeah. What? Just, you know. And right across that bridge is Canada, where they're having to find time. Sorry, what are, they, what are, Sorry. What are those Nike, What are those Yankees doing over there? I don't know.
1: Probably hating the Red Wings too.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. How are they doing in '67? Uh, probably better than the Blackhawks were. Every time, yeah. every year until like there's like there's like a six year gap where the Blackhawks are fucking awesome, mm-hmm. and then like well, we're living in the aftertimes now. That's for a separate again moving along <laughs> police this might surprise you as well were found to be combative and abusive to, to people once they had them in custody the police the police I know right oh, what a surprise <laughs> I'm shocked I'm shocked and appalled who would have thought well, I am appalled. <laughs> appalled no joke about it, that that's, that's accurate mugshot showed this the city screamed that was the city the city screamed out as a cycle of hate kept feeding itself. Insurgent snipers began sniping all across the metropolis, causing police to be extra vigilant and extra aggressive in search of weapons amongst the population.
1: It's literally a war zone. Absolutely. you said insurgent snipers.
0: Yes. I mean, that's what they're doing.
1: In Detroit. They're hiding, shooting at cops,
0: guardsmen, <laughs> police, have firefighters.
1: Huh. That's well, fucking crazy.
0: You better not be found in violation of any curfews either. And what I can never get over is like 1967 is not that long ago, man. This is recent history.
1: 60 years. We know people.
0: We know multiple people who have been alive during that period. Oh, yeah. Everyone. Because like I'm always weirded out when I read about like early 19th century stuff. Like no 20th century stuff like the 1900s. How like Civil War veterans just roam around. I mean the connection of like history is insane to me. Always.
1: Oh, yeah, it's weird. It's
0: nonstop. Like, I, I forget, this might be wrong. So, if it is, you know, fuck me, I guess. But, like, the last Civil War veteran died in, like, oh, fuck. I mean, before the 50s. So, like, 40s or 30s, right around there. Like, guy who lived into his hundreds or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, wild. Yeah. Because like you start the war when you're like 12 Because things were crazy And then all of a sudden You've lived through a civil war Two world wars And all of a sudden you have this You might, you know You just Here's your life
1: Right, yeah It's just in your face You're seeing highways be built Like, look at this Cool Yeah, I mean Eventually we we will get there Where we're gonna see We saw the internet start
0: That's true, that counts That's a big deal And then Absolutely. we're
1: gonna see robots, you know Take over, so Right
0: <laughs> Yeah, we'll see Yeah I mean every generation thinks like the apocalypse will happen in their lifetime,
1: but we might actually do but, it <laughs> uh, uh, I just like I mean
0: but I'm hundred percent certain I mean imagine Detroit in this time period, you feel like oh yeah, it's, it's the chaos. apocalypse it's the absolute apocalypse yep well, there was a publication uh fine in nineteen eighty nine violence in the city on page two hundred and forty five it says women were stripped and fondled while officers took pictures that's. Cool stuff. Not good. Yeah, not 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 good at all. Again, like this is a story of
1: just bad guys. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like wartime shit. Like, mm-hmm. not good.
0: Right. Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to talk about Abu Ghraib, but I mean, come on, man, that's the exact same shit. Yeah. Making people naked, doing bad stuff to them, taking it's pictures,
1: dehumanizing people. Yeah, that's not good.
0: The only difference between then and that was. get these pictures they'd have to wait a week for Kodak to get them to him here's your photos guys oh I got cool look (laughs) at these great bad stuff I did yeah that's pretty terrible (laughs) why would you document this awful shit fuck everybody everybody sucks well white landlords from New York visiting their buildings were arrested after a sniper call and beaten so horribly that quote their testicles were still black and blue two weeks after the incident
1: end quote did they show their balls in the interview Oh, I don't know. They're like, look at this. Check this shit out. Oh, right. Yeah, they hey, beat me right. so
0: bad. It's been two weeks and they're still black and blue. Check it out. Look at it.
1: Look at it. Look at it. You want to touch it? Yeah. Don't. Oh, hurt. hurts. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't touch it. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Laughing at brutal crimes.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, oh, it's bad. D- I know.
0: I know. <laughs> it's awful. Well, well, the carnage got worse once the federal troops arrived. With this escalation came a rapid closure.
1: So it peaked, got real intense, and then it subsided. I mean, things get better when there's federal troops involved, right?
0: You'd like to think so. I mean, eventually eventually the problem is solved. Well, that's one way of putting it. That's the only (laughs) way I can. (laughs) In two days, the riots were manageable again. National Guardsmen killed nine civilians. Okay. Troopers killed 12. Okay. I'm not even talking about the casualties. Well, I will. Not yet. Tanks and machine guns were seen on film and that footage spread across the world. So tanks were going, were patrolling the streets of Detroit.
1: So if I Google tanks in Detroit, I can watch tanks destroy Detroit.
0: After this podcast, we can watch many videos. Really? Absolutely. It's terrifying. It's not cool. But we can do it later, so. Okay. Well, right. here we go. Hey. Oh. Tanks had obliterated buildings. Again, that's what they do. Now, from after the rainbow sign, Jerome Cavanaugh and 1960s Detroit. Again, Jerome Kavanaugh is the mayor I talked about earlier who said things were
1: not fine. out of control. They yeah, were fine. Th-
0: right, right.
1: Don't worry about it.
0: In Detroit, an estimated 10,000 people participated in the riots with an, with an estimated 100,000 gathering to watch. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) it's fine. Lawn chair, just sit out. I guess that's how you would make sure you're not part of the riot. Just sit out in your lawn chair. Everybody sees you just sitting. Like, hey, you doing anything? You got a
1: cooler sitting next to you.
0: I guess unless you're sitting with a sniper rifle. Like, whoa! (laughs) Stop! Uh, Please don't. That guy's trying to put out that fire. He's like, I'm trying to put out his. Not my fire. Yeah, no, I made that. (laughs) I'm watching it right now. Thirty six hours later. 43 were dead, 33 of whom were black and 10 Damn. white. Damn. More than 7,000 people. It's many people, many murders. More than 7,000 cuz yeah, I mean in my riot, rioters or cops to me that's all they're all murders. There's no justification. Like what's going on here?
1: It's all people. Chaos, yeah. right? Yep.
0: 7,200 people were arrested. Most of them black. 7,000? 7, 7,200 people. Fuck, I know. That's an amazing... Probably took longer than an hour to round up those paddy wagons. Too. Yeah, probably a little bit. Mayor Jerome Kavanaugh lamented upon surveying the damage. Quote, Today we stand amidst the ashes of our hopes. We hoped against hope that what we had been doing was enough to prevent a riot.
1: Huh.
0: It was not enough. End quote. The violence had spread to nearly two dozen cities with the end of the uprising. This is only a brief glimpse at the mayhem that befell Detroit in 1967 and the country. In fact, much of the 60s was very chaotic. Now, I could have talked more about how a tank thought it saw a sniper and used its 50 cal to obliterate a building and take the life of a small child, but I did not. Okay. We could do an entire episode... I mean, honestly, this whole episode—we could do an entire episode, or it could be a whole series on this horror show. Uh And I do think, like you know, I do think people need to be reminded where we—we were talking about the Civil War and how time and stuff. We need to be reminded where we've been as a country, in order to move forward Uh and not repeat similar mistakes. There's a lot of horrible shit in our past we should not ignore, especially if we want to heal and make this nation a better place. That being said, there is a reason we are revisiting this particular American nightmare. During that early morning raid on the blind pig. Do you remember where this all began? The KG9. The KG9. Maybe that's where it'll end, too. (laughs) We'll
1: see. No, in a bar. Yeah, but during... A shitty little bar. uh Uh-huh. On the top floor. Yeah,
0: but... What was going What was going on outside during that early morning raid on the blind pig? A small childlike figure had been seen eerily running and doing backflips all the way down Twelfth Street.-hmm Let's go even deeper, deeper into the history of Detroit. Okay. The war of eighteen twelve has complicated origins. It, I hope it does, like most wars do. <laughs> I mean, most wars aren't as easy as like, I can get you, yeah, I got got.
1: You got got? That's what. I,
0: yeah, I got got. That's me. Yeah. Now, Britain was at war with France. And because of this, it had impeded trade between the United States and France. Also, because of this war, Britain was capturing Americans from American ships and conscripting them into the British Navy by force. In a process called impressment. Uh-huh. How cool does that sound?
1: Americans love that, right? They Here, love drink this tea, join our ship, right, or you die.
0: They accuse them of being deserters. Some people got killed, but like, hey, you're part of the British Navy, you deserted. It's like, no, I'm not.
1: You are now. What? Wait, who? Hmm. Uh-huh. Great. All Americans were deserters, probably in their book.
0: I mean, if I was British, I'd think that. Yeah, are all, all quitters nope. but of course in America all we are concerned about is winning the U.S. was also pissed that Britain was supporting Native Americans in an attempt to thwart the United States westward expansion And in a similar vein Britain was also concerned with the Americans intention to conquer and occupy Canada mm-hmm. I mean I cannot deny or confirm the actual American ambitions to conquer Canada
1: manifest destiny
0: it seems like if we could have had it we'd have ever we'd we'd have north and south america
1: yeah manifest destiny mm-hmm.
0: coast to coast mm-hmm. but north to south could have happened too mm-hmm. so by 1812 war had reached america's shores once again the governor of michigan territory and its indian agent william hall whom had been appointed by Thomas Jefferson in 1805, was tasked with gathering his forces and heading to Detroit to defend it against the British and their Native American allies. Detroit had a population of 800 civilians and 120 soldiers. They needed help from the encroaching British and Native American alliance led by the Briton Isaac Brock and Shawnee leader Tecumseh. Okay. He's a big deal.
1: Yeah, I heard heard of Tecumseh.
0: William Hull did not exactly instill confidence in his men, again, this is the American, or earn their support. Tiny skirmishes along the Kenard River and Hull's unwillingness to attack a British fort led them to conspire to remove him from his command. They did not, but they remained not pleased with him. Also, after learning the British took Mackinac Island from the tiny American garrison of a hundred men stationed there, who they didn't even know they were at war, yeah, like oh hey guys, welcome back. Hey, what's up? Are you br- Oh wow, hey you want to <coughs> trade some furs or why you, something? Why
1: are you shooting? Whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, what's
0: <laughs> up? Get on the ground! Whoa, whoa. Oh, I mean they're British, but like they're from you know. Get on the ground, eh? Whoa, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. Excuse me.
1: <laughs> they're Canadian British. Uh, sorry, but can you get it on the ground, eh? Yeah, you
0: put your put your hands behind your head there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, that's a good that's a good one. All right,
1: All right. okay. There you go Sorry so, uh, Put the rifle over there Okay That's what Canadians sound like, right? Right Right Right, listeners Yeah, you better tell me if that's how a Canadian sounds
0: no. How you guys end up in Canada? Let us know
1: uh-huh. You'll find us We'll apologize to you if that's inaccurate
0: We'll tell you later This is a pretty, I mean, this is a pretty, uh Canadians got some game here Canadia <laughs> yeah Canada, yeah <laughs> 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 uh-huh yep yep well <laughs> how do you uh how do you feel again those americans didn't know they were at war so they got kind of conquered <laughs> mm-hmm. how do you how do you feel about americans and american leaders how do you feel about them This is a Just, that's a
1: very broad question <laughs> oh it was meant to be
0: <laughs> yeah well because i want me to tell you about one
1: uh yes okay
0: well hall gave up and retreated from any canadian territory his soldiers had acquired so once Mackinac Island was captured, he just did a full retreat. So he said sorry. He tried to, he, but he was like a, with his American accent, like sorry. And they were like, "Oh, well, mm-hmm. this shit,
1: motherfucker over here. Well, that's
0: not good. It's the cunt yeah. over here. That's much yeah. more Australian." He's not sorry at all. <laughs> yeah, he's not. Listen <laughs> he's, the way he said he's it. He's a liar. He doesn't believe that. Yeah. You know what? You know what we hate up here in Britannia, Canada? Liars, phonies, phonies. <laughs> Is it in their constitution? Probably. It's their eleventh amendment.
1: Uh, again, Canadians, contact me. Let me know. how want you hate phonies, and if it's in your constitution,
0: the eleventh amendment was we hate phonies, and the twelfth amendment is like, sorry, we hate <laughs> we hate phonies.
1: <laughs> sorry, boot. We hate phonies. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
0: well, the British and Native Americans were taking control of his supply lines. Again, Hulls. The river was theirs. Brack and Tecumseh said of each other respectively, and more... Okay, so these two guys are talking about each other, right? Mm-hmm. Brock is talking about Tecumseh and what I'm about to read you. A more sagacious or sagacious and a more gallant warrior does not, I believe, exist. And Tecumseh, in regards to Brock, says, Here is a man! Meanwhile... The soldiers Tecumseh had captured revealed that the Americans weren't excited about what they were doing or believed in their commander. He's got troops who are just like, nah, man, this guy sucks. And Tecumseh's like, all right, I can work with that. Okay, I get it. It's not a good place to be. I get it, right? Brock, unlike Hall, was aggressive and bold. Against recommendations, he descended on Detroit and made sure that Hall received a letter that he had written that overstated the amount of native forces he had at his command. So little interception of documents, mm-hmm. but he's like this guy's. This has got to. This got to get in Hull's possession. And that letter said that his Native American allies were already at five thousand. Okay, a lie. Mm-hmm. Then he wrote Hull himself. That letter said, "Quote." The force at my disposal authorizes me to require of you the immediate surrender of Fort Detroit. It is far from my intention to join in a war of extermination. But you must be aware that the numerous body of Indians who have attached themselves to my troops will be beyond control the moment the contest commences. End quote. Contest. As in the war? People used to speak so beautifully. And British, the subtlety is always amazing to me. The understatement of just like... I mean, he's like, yeah, we're going to fuck you up. Mm -hmm. That's the translation of 2020. Yeah, I'm going to fuck you up. I got my native bros. You're going down. Enjoy this contest. And Hall's like, oh. Hall's troops were already demoralized, and Hall didn't want to engage in such a conflict. Didn't help that Brock and Tecumseh were outsmarting him by having each of their soldiers light fires at night instead of the normal policy of one per company. Mm-hmm. So, like, normally, let's say six or seven guys or whatever, Who, however large a company is, lights one fire.
1: I think it's, like, a 20-ish.
0: There you go. So imagine 20 of those guys each lighting a fire and having a bunch of companies, so then it makes your forces look astronomical from afar. Right. Kind of, I, I mean, I'm not a... American soldier. Me neither. In any time period. Nope. But in any time period, that would probably scare me. Like, How it's many- going to look scary. Exactly. Sure. Mm-hmm. They even had their soldiers creep out of view of the Americans and reappear in wartime peekaboo. I'm gone. Here you go. Uh-huh. Again, making the Americans think the British natives were swarming around them. Upon learning of American reinforcements, Tecumseh had his men walk around a gap in the forest near the fort while making loud war cries. So there was a line of trees, there's a break in the trees, and he had his guys. These men would do laps, ducking out of sight and returning to the march, creating the illusion that there was more fighters than there actually was. This was psychological warfare at its finest especially since by this time, Hull's forces outnumbered the British and Native American alliance. When the British bombed the fort, they killed seven Americans. In order to avoid, quote, the horrors of an Indian massacre, quote,
1: okay.
0: Hull waved the white flag of surrender. He's out. Uh-huh. His troops, again, disagreed with his decision. Now, because of his foolish surrender, that boosted... It went on. The fact that he even surrendered boosted the morale of his enemies and prompted them to attack other American settlements. So he gives up Detroit. Canada and Britain and even the Native Americans, they weren't exactly super pumped about this war. They weren't all in. This wasn't something they were excited to get going. But once they saw they could have such a strategic victory... Uh-huh. I mean, that'll switch anybody. Like, oh, I can go time. Here we go. Right. Momentum's on our side. It's time to rock and roll. So, Hull not only gave up Detroit, but then he basically, like, sacrificed all these other settlements that the natives were kind of nice to otherwise, but because they thought they could actually get rid of them. Yeah, they were like, fuck these guys. Yeah, war was on. Right. Oh. Hull was court-martialed and sentenced to death. See ya. Right? Rip. He was basically sentenced for cowardice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Can you imagine being sentenced to die because you're a coward? Can you imagine it? Not that you want to be that, but.
1: I don't want to be that. I feel like that should still be in effect for some people.
0: Right. Well. <laughs> 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 was he murdered? No. He was only saved by President James Madison. Because believe it or not, Hall was also a Revolutionary War veteran, and despite his current behavior, had fought bravely in that war. I mean, I feel like if you're laying, if you're shooting musket balls in 1776,
1: I mean that's a fucking tough time.
0: Maybe don't, maybe don't murder the guy because he thought he was older and was like, "All right, I don't know what I want to do here." And honestly, he was just thinking of saving lives. In his defense, I'll be devil's advocate here. I mean, saving lives is good, especially in wartime. Right, but then of course that pumped everybody, all the natives and the Britons, British up to just massacre Americans. So like, how many? Yeah, what's yeah, the pros? Yeah. In, I mean, mm-hmm. you know,
1: gotta weigh those. And again, it's tough decisions. He
0: couldn't send those those communities a tweet like, "I'm just trying to get the fuck out."
1: <laughs>
0: no, nope. Before being pardoned, he served some time in prison for again being a coward. But afterwards, he went on to write books in an attempt to rehabilitate his honor. Now. Again, there's a particular reason why we are revisiting this tragedy, this specific massacre. And? This is weird and feared. Yep. Well, on the day he surrendered, that very morning, William Hall saw a devilish, childlike figure leering at him through the early morning fog outside of Fort Detroit. Well, our dive continues. June 11th. 1805 hot ashes from a pipe fell on a barn near the property of local baker john harvey or that is the rumor no one knows for sure how the fire started out but in 1805 the great fire of detroit burned down the entire city
1: damn it's not good that's not good (laughs) Like, we have the Great Chicago Fire, uh, but did, didn't wipe out the entire city.
0: Did you know the Great Fire of Detroit was even a thing?
1: No, I didn't, honestly. It's,
0: it's almost like all these old places were built. It's almost like there's a reason why people made fire departments.
1: Yeah. And oh, shit. Yeah, that makes right? a lot of sense.
0: We need somebody to take care of this bullshit, because we just lost our well, whole goddamn city. Especially if
1: you go into the backstory of fire departments. They were shady as fuck when they first started.
0: We could talk about this.
1: Yeah, we we will talk about it at some point. Now, Now, fire departments are totally legit.
0: We won't totally get into it now. I just want to tell for anybody who has not been made aware of how fire departments used to be, they were like gangs.
1: They were gangs. It was amazing. Like, oh, your building's on fire? Oh, you didn't pay up this month, so...
0: And then fire departments would battle each other to put out the fire as the fire burns. Yep. <laughs> as the yep. as the houses crumbles into ash.
1: Yeah. Fire departments used to be fucking weird and terrible.
0: Hey, we, we mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um I hope. But I mean I'll mention it now. Like we're basically people have been drinking for a long time.
1: Yeah. Right? Yep.
0: Forever. And it was like, we're talking about these people drinking in the streets for like 24 7.
1: Mm-hmm. This is
0: all they did. And so, some people would say that because of the consumption of alcohol of previous generations, like the modern era is basically like the sober people waking, like the sober people having to fix all the drunk people's problems. So, I cannot think of a more drunk person problem than a, two gangs of firefighters battling each other. When their goal <laughs> is to put out a fire as a house burns to the ground. That's a drunk person decision.
1: Yeah. That's fair. Yeah.
0: The human race is amazing. What are we doing? Who are we? <laughs> what is inside this brain of ours?
1: Well, now all the fire departments work together. So. They do. It's true. What a change.
0: And best case scenario, nobody's trying to shoot them as they put out the fire. Well. <laughs> best case scenario. Yeah. But again, this is weird and feared. Why am I mentioning this specific tragedy, this specific horror show, this catastrophe on this podcast? Okay, me. Well, during the days before the fire, what did people see looming about, but an eerie childlike figure prancing around, huh. going deeper at the end of the French and Indian War in 1763, Britain had taken control of areas formerly under French occupation. Fort Detroit was one of these areas. The French traded with the natives and made friends with them. But when the British took over, they had no sentimental feelings or even cooperative feelings or any feelings really except disdain toward the native peoples that now lived within their territory. The French would give knives they give gifts such as knives, clothes, tobacco, and guns to the different chiefs who would in turn divide these amongst their tribe, which gave the chief status amongst their community and elevated their people's living conditions in the process. Everybody was happy. Well, that seems like a good thing. Mm-hmm. Good arrangement. Seems good. Mutual, you know. What's the catch? Beneficiaries. Well... The catch is, well, well, this policy seemed outdated by the area's British rulers. After all, they were colonizers. These native peoples certainly weren't their equals. By depriving the natives of gunpowder, this made the natives fear the British. But why fear? Well, they feared them because they feared the British planned war against them. But, most importantly, perhaps... Taking away their guns denied them gunpowder and it made it harder for them to feed their families. So now you're hitting at the source. Someone's livelihood. The Ottawa native Pontiac. This guy was not dealing with any of this. Feeling betrayed, disrespected, and following the teachings of indigenous enlightened thinker Neolin who advocated for natives to abstain from all of Europe's vices and to force them off their land Pontiac went and he waged war against the British the British were cocky and did not consider Pontiac's forces a threat typical British behavior sounds about right And it fits the mold I mean at one point the sun never set on the British Empire so I think they felt like they knew what they were doing yeah they kind of slow rolled that out after World War II. Like, oh, Empire, what was that? Huh. We're all right. Silly. We're Silly fine. No, what is, no, 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 no. I mean, you kind of reconsider your position in the world after you've been devastated by two world wars, but... Yeah. America hasn't faced one of those yet, really, on its home turf. <laughs> well done. Pontiac either after orchestrating a master plan and unified tribal attack. Now this seems kind of less likely or because several groups of natives had independently resented British rule. This seems way more likely because I don't think like we discussed, there's no way to internet or communicate this quickly. Pontiac couldn't have had this grand conspiracy, although it's a cool idea if he had, it makes him very awesome. It probably didn't happen. Okay. Okay. But more likely, like the Brit other co- other natives were like the British are being like garbage people, right? Yeah, and the French were cool, so like, mm. they okay, ask cooler.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, they're giving a bunch of stuff, and the British aren't. It's a huge like marking positive checkmark in the French's category.
1: Right, okay. It was more cooperative. Yeah.
0: I, mean, I feel like that could have been a thing. It's almost like I wish we would have approached that from the American side of things, but hey, who? I'm living in the time period I am now. Yeah. So they resented British rule. So groups of Native Americans began to attack several British encampments, one of which just happened to be Fort Detroit. Pontiac's Siege started on May seventh when three hundred Native Americans entered the fort with weapons hidden from view. So they're sneaking in. They got their long coats, their long, yeah, they're just being sneaky. Their sneaks. long jackets, being sneaky sneaks with their knives and stuff. Yeah. So they're gonna walk into the court again. They're just gonna what what I mean? They're gonna do what anyone would ever do inside of a fort. They would just do people stuff.
1: People stuff.
0: You know. What do people do? Go in, let's say, here I am.
1: Hmm. Which, good, good music you guys playing in here.
0: <laughs> so what is People's stuff,
1: dancing? Yeah. <laughs> you want to dance? No, you fucking weirdo.
0: Not not trading fur or um, giving goods. This guy's got his little, <laughs> this guy's got a little fiddle. People's stuff is dancing.
1: <laughs> you guys want to dance? No. Right. And that's what spoiled it. Like, Oh, they're not here to dance. Yeah. So what happened?
0: (laughs) That was good setup, Zach. (laughs) Well, the 120-armed British garrison had been alerted to the surprise attack, and they forced them out.
1: Shit, they're not here to dance. What do we do? Well,
0: (laughs) so is the dance party over?
1: Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. That dance party's over, I think. Am I wrong? Is there dancing?
0: Well, you tell me if this sounds like a dance party. Mm-hmm. This did not save the civilians and soldiers outside the fort that Pontiac managed to murder.
1: Oh. They were dancing. And then they weren't. The dance of death. Rip. Rest in power. Good <laughs> boys. Oh, bold. Love mm-hmm. it. All right.
0: Rumor has it, they even ate a guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I only found a, an account of where they ate like one guy. So, I mean, like there was really like probably meant. I mean, some tribes had like cannibalistic traditions, but I feel like it's not. This isn't widespread, and I feel like this was a huge message. Like, yeah, man, we are fucking pissed, and we're gonna eat this fucking man.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's my that's my non-historian perspective. Yeah, we're I fucking mean, pissed, and we're gonna eat this man.
1: I mean, I'd eat a dude out of anger. Yeah, you 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 really fucked this up. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to eat I'm going to eat this guy now.
0: You would eat a guy out of anger.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't.
0: <laughs> uh, this is uh talking uh 2020 talk. Going to real date the, We're gonna, we've said 2020 a million times in this episode. We're <laughs> going to date this show.
1: You want 2020? I'll eat a dude. <laughs>
0: yeah. Have you ever been so angry you wanted to eat a dude? Yeah. See, yep. <laughs> okay, confirmed. The natives also captured approximately 60 to 96 soldiers from a unit. Again, that's a widespread. 90 to 96. I mean, history, you know. Mm-hmm. But just like the people who were caught with basically their trousers down at Mackinac Island, the American soldiers, they were surprised that there was even a, a war going on. These soldiers were unaware that there was even a siege happening
1: at Fort Detroit. Like, siege? Siege what? Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Why is this man trying to eat me? (laughs) Come on, stop. What did I do? It tickles. What did I do? Why is he trying?
0: Are you hugging me, sir?
1: He's just biting me.
0: Is that a... Is that sriracha? (laughs) Now he's licking me. Oh, oh, I got a hot sauce in my bloodstream. That hurts.
1: Stop moving. It's delicious.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Why is he chewing on my fingernail?
1: Fiber. Cooking's hard.
0: (laughs) We're just going to make one of those stews that brews for all year. Let's throw everybody inside. Oh, we
1: bagged that? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: That's a throwback to a few episodes ago. Yeah. But yeah, they don't... Okay, if anybody wants a positive outlook or a positive fact from this story, nobody puts a human being in a forever stew. It doesn't happen.
1: What? Yeah, forever stew. Yeah, that's what I was going to do to that guy.
0: <laughs> well, you can. It's, <laughs> I mean, if you're that angry about it, it's 2020. It's a it's a new year, new you.
1: New year, new me. <laughs> forever stew. I'm gonna I, find a dude named Stewart. I was and gonna <laughs> him. I hope his name is Stewart. Stewart. I got a job for you. Kay. Boy, do I have a job for you.
0: Okay, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, uh-huh. how do you do, Stew, my stew? All right, get out of town.
1: Do you like sriracha? I need you to eat this whole bottle. Oh, I prefer Tabasco. Hmm. Get out, Stew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Your bath is over.
0: All right, time to look for somebody else. I guess I'll have to settle for a Dale. Hey, mm. Dale, what are you doing? All I
1: mean, right, number fours, number threes. You got tattooed on your body. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to eat dill.
0: Well, these natives (laughs) chose to take their prisoners to Detroit. And once there, they tortured, mutilated, murdered them, and then threw them in the river so that they would float by Fort Detroit. For the world to see. That's not cool. Ah, no, it absolutely is not. Hmm. So imagine that spectacle. You're just somebody looking out of the fort, you're like, oh my God. I mean,
1: the 1800s are brutal.
0: You know, I always wonder well, I've thought about this too. Like, um, well, like, you always hear, like, how important religion was in people's lives. And just imagine the shit you had to, like, the horrors you had to put up with. You needed some kind of hope. You needed something. Because like, people would die young. I mean, Indians would murder you and you'd be murdered. Or vice versa. You'd be murdered by colonists. Right. And then like, disease and sickness and everything was a shit. There was no antibiotics. Everything was horrible.
1: Yep. Yeah, it was was fucking terrible. Yeah, none of it's good. No, it was bad. Bad times.
0: Well... On July 30, this, of course, conflict wouldn't continue. On July 31st, 1863, a group of British soldiers from the fort tried to ambush Pontiac's forces, but this time Pontiac was the one ready for a surprise, and while he did not completely obliterate these forces, he defeated them and killed their commander. This battle happened at Parents Creek. And it was said that the blood of the 20 murdered and 34 wounded soldiers trickled into the creek, turning it red. Huh. This was known. It is very intense. This was known as the Battle of Bloody Run. And now, again, why am I referencing this specific catastrophe, this specific massacre and the build up to it? Uh-huh. Why are you? Why are we talking about this? Well. And who was seen joyfully dancing along the creek's riverbank days before the attack? But a little childlike figure. Our last deep tunnel through time takes us to 1701, to the very beginnings of Detroit. To the area and its initial French settlers who had journeyed up from New Orleans, or if you prefer, if you're, you know cool guy. Nolins.
1: No, don't do that.
0: Nolens. Stop it. Going to Mardi Gras and Nolens. No, stop it. <laughs> it's terrible.
1: <laughs> that was New Orleans. See, that is the spirit of New Orleans saying, shut the fuck up. Don't say that. Sigh, man. Just talk about Nolens. No. Nope.
0: I just want to Embrace my inner Cajun. You don't have that. All right, so, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about, again, the very beginnings of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Those initial French settlers. Detroit. There you go. No. You're feeling it. I hate that. That's your inner Cajun. You're feeling it. No.
1: You have that. You the just red, felt it. The Red Wings are terrible. Yeah, Detroit. I hate them.
0: Detroit, and they came up from New within God, <laughs> within no. what was then Louisiana Territory.
1: Yes, that is true.
0: And for this, we pull from Legends of Lay Detroit by Marie Caroline Watson Hamlin, published in 1883. We'll be jumping back and forth between um, passages from her book and me summing up plot points. Okay. Okay. The governor of New France was hosting a party to celebrate a renowned explorer who had left for the New World, like all those who had come before him, and all those who had come after. Why did he leave? Because he sought the sa- he saw what everybody wants-a better life. And at the age of twenty-five, he headed to the Americas to find some freedom from his family's financial hardships. This man was born Antoine Lamette. Or Antoine LeMay, that sounds more French to me, but he felt New Continent knew me and would go on to be known as, well, give me one second. I'm going to look something up because this man gave him a name that I feel like the computer is best at pronunciating. Would you like to try and read this pronunciation?
1: Yes, yes, I would. Okay. Are you sure? Yes, absolutely right. now.
0: I'm going to hand you something. Don't uh-huh. just stay, stay right there.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and you're going to I'm going to hand you this iPad. Okay. I saw your eyes, I knew you wanted to. Yeah. I'm going to hand you this iPad. Okay. And you're going to look into the internet search bar and just read what that says. Just
1: try to pronounce that.
0: Just try and pronounce what it says in the search bar. Good luck.
1: All right. Antoine de la Sieur de Cadillac. pronunciation
0: you read the pronunciation part yeah good Wow So is French like your first or second language uh, fourth nice wow impressive
1: uh, yeah Oh wait what am I gonna oh
0: my God <laughs> What am I gonna learn the other
1: th- two uh, when I do okay fair <laughs> All right good job.
0: That'll work. Or, more commonly, because, I mean, you pronounce it, of course, masterfully.
1: Right. It's my fourth language. He's correct.
0: It is, absolutely. And I will will not forget that. I look forward to learning the other ones. Mm -hmm. Um, More commonly known as Antoine de la Moth Cadillac. He claimed he didn't make this. And I have read this part. He claimed he didn't make this name out of nowhere, by the way. He didn't just invent this name, this made-up new name. Again, he was born Antoine LeMay. He claimed that he was using the names of towns around where he had grown up in France. He's basically calling himself like the Lord of Cadillac, okay. Which is, you know, I feel like that's what a, like a like a like a fifties greaser might call himself, And the Lord of the Cadillac. Yeah. Vroom vroom. Mm-hmm. Sticks a comb in his hair. Yep. Race for pink slips. Absolutely. Oh, he's got so many Cadillacs. he lives a quarter mile at a time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: At the start of our story, he had been given permission to build a fort, hence the governor of New France's celebration, Antoine, is now 43 years old. At the residence of the party, an elderly fortune teller arrives with a black cat that licks her ear. She is a, quote, woman of unusual height, end quote, and she has a, quote, dark, swarthy complexion, and quote, with, quote, restless, glittering eyes and strangely fashioned garments, yet in harmony with her face.
1: Huh.
0: Her name is Marie Minique La Saucerie. Okay. Or the translation would be
1: Sorceress of some sort. Maybe. Mother
0: Mother Monique the Witch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, sorceress. Man, this is this is your fourth fucking language.
1: Yeah. Um, you nailed this. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. Oui, oui. As the cat licked her ears, quote, the more superstitious thought it was the devil giving information. End quote. Hamlin writes again from the book. And now the fortune teller, the sorceress, the witch, she approaches Cadillac, and she starts to tell his fortune. She tells him that he, quote, will found a great city which one day will have more inhabitants than New France now possesses. Many children will nestle around your fireside. Cadillac's thrilled with this, but as the fortune teller continues, Cadillac's reading shifts in tone. Quote, the policy you intend, pursuing and selling liquor to the savages, contrary to the advice of the Jesuits, will cause you much trouble and be the cause of your ruin. Quote. The Jesuits were not some of Cadillac's favorite people, as they vehemently looked down upon selling the indigenous people's booze. Huh. They didn't like giving them alcohol. Uh I thought a lot of bad stuff. Uh Well, why would this piss Cadillac off? Because selling the local indigenous people's booze was a business venture that extremely enriched good old Antoine. That makes sense, yep. Selling some booze, selling some beer, selling some liquor. Whatever he's got going on back then. Uh Can you imagine drinking liquor from the 1700s? Nope. How the hell would that taste? Not good. Just poison. Pure poison. Yep. Well, Mother Monique read on In years to come, your colony will be the scene of strife and bloodshed. The Indians will be treacherous. The hated English will struggle for its possession. But under a new flag, it will reach a height of prosperity which you never in your wildest dreams pictured. Her tale ends with a warning. Mm hmm. I repeat, her tale ends with a warning.
1: Of? Quote,
0: appease the name Rouge. Appease the name Rouge. Beware of offending him. Should you be thus unfortunate, not a vestige of your inheritance will be given to your heirs. Your name will be scarcely known in the city you founded.
1: Huh. End quote. Oh shit. Appease
0: the Nain Rouge. She tells him stuff. hmm.
1: Uh-huh.
0: To the Nain, you should show the utmost respect because it is, quote, the demon of the strait. The demon of the strait.
1: Huh.
0: The being in quote most malignant if offended, but capable of being appeased by flattery. End quote. What is a nain Rouge? I
1: don't know. Uh, I'm guessing it's uh, some sort of hobgoblin.
0: Over the next six years, Cadillac's colony became a success.
1: Oh shit! Okay.
0: For some. As he was walking alongside his wife, he overheard a discussion between two men. They were having a conversation about poverty within the city, and as their talk continued, one of the men claimed his wife had seen, quote, La Petite Home Rouge, or Uh-oh. The Little Red Man. Surprisingly, seemingly out of nowhere, the Nain Rouge arrived. He is, quote, very red in the face, with a bright, glistening eye, instead of burning, it froze. Instead of possessing depth, emitted a cold gleam like the reflection from a polished surface, bewildering and dazzling all who came within its focus. A grinning mouth, displaying sharp, pointed teeth, completed this strange face.
1: Huh. How you doing there? I'm doing fine, but that sounds terrifying right? The witch had
0: told Cadillac that if disrespected, the Nain will lash out violently. She had said that he must be appeased and treated well. If treated well, he will bless those who do so. So what does Cadillac do upon seeing the Nain?
1: Gives it a bunch of money.
0: He strikes him down with his
1: cane. Oh, well. Wow. <laughs>
0: He's not going to listen to this, Mr. Cadillac. Mm-mm. Upon doing so, a strange voice says, quote, you have offended him. Your impetuosity will bring you and yours to ruin. You will told to coax him to beware of annoying this demon. And in your ungovernable temper, you do just otherwise. Misfortune will soon be our portion. I'm going to throw a date at you. Yeah, hit me. May, 2015. I am the legendary Nain Rouge of Detroit, the harbinger of doom, the living embodiment of everything that holds Detroit back, the red prince of persecution, Cadillac's folly, the annihilator of hope. Okay. End quote.
1: Who said that?
0: The leather jacket-clad red dwarf with his dagger-like teeth and crimson flesh shouts as he stands behind a podium at the steps of Detroit's Masonic Temple, moments before he ascends his giant mechanical cockroach steed, constructed from the corpse of a rusted-out automobile, representing all the city has lost, and descends through Detroit,
1: followed by a
0: horde of protesting locals. Yeah?
1: Yeah, what? Yeah, what? 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 What?
0: His cheers are triumphant. Quote, I am going to tear this city apart. End quote. What's going on? What are you thinking about here, man? I have no idea. What's, what the fuck what's, what's up is here? What's happening?
1: Is this, is this man alive? Like, what is happening?
0: Would you like me to continue? Yes. Francis Granau. And Joe Ull had an idea. Granted, by all accounts, it was one fueled by a substantial consumption, a substantial amount of alcohol. But it was an idea nevertheless. Okay. What if they created an event to celebrate everything good in Detroit by resurrecting one of its
1: oldest legends? That sounds pretty cool to me.
0: In 2010, they created the March de la Naine Rouge, or the March of the Nain Rouge. Huh. Quote, we were talking about how a place like New Orleans and Detroit have a lot of similarity, especially around their French heritage and founding, and how New Orleans has Mardi Gras and Detroit really doesn't. Quote, when a story like the Nain Rouge comes up, what I find fascinating about it is that it alludes to a time long before us, Granow says. He continues, quote, These things resonate in weird ways. Is this something we can use today in a positive way? That's the point of the parade. End quote. The march is Mardi Gras for Detroit, featuring a discontented demon who begins by insulting the city and then over the course of the parade is forced out of the town by the unified residents of a noble Detroit. In 2010, hundreds showed up for the event. In 2015, it had 5,000 attendees. They casted the name as the ultimate villain, insulting the city as its residents yell back in his face telling him that he is unwanted and that he doesn't belong and that Detroit will rise from its ashes like a phoenix despite his devilish behavior. Every year, the Nain dresses in a certain way. And in 2019, the Nain dressed like a certain politician with an exceptionally long red tie. While most March attendees hate the Nane, and scorn him for the city's troubles, Researcher and historian John E.L. Tenney claims the name is actually a protector, and when respected, he will add fortune to the lives of fellow detroiters. Right. Uh-huh. This researcher is going to tell you stuff. Okay. Quote, People are bringing their kids to it. I saw a lot more children last year than I saw before, he says. It's a, fun, it's a family fun event, except it has this underlying message of hatred terrifying tenny says he saw a child quote screaming viscerally at the front steps of the masonic temple at their interpretation of the name mm-hmm. quote this eight-year-old like get out of here i hate you kid mm-hmm. yells quote. and the, the, the researcher continues i was like this is kind of horrible right he keeps going the fact is we have an ancient helper he says you can tell people, let's be like this agent helper. Let's watch out for each other. Let's make sure nothing bad happens to our city. When something bad is happening, we'll teach each other. All of a sudden, you give people hope. They're not blaming something. They're taking responsibility for their community. It has so many possibilities in that direction. hmm Well, the debate rages on. Is the Nain Rouge merely a warning? an omen of bad things to come? Or is he an active face of evil? The Red Dwarf, not only appearing before some of Detroit's most cataclysmic events, but actually inflicting them upon a city he has never forgiven. Was the NHL strike his solution to the occasional success the Red Wings have had? Was it a punishment? Fuck the Red Was he the one that forced Detroit's auto manufacturing industry out of the city and across the world? In fact, huh. did he exert his power over Motor City to force the economic collapse of 2008? Shit. Was bankrupting the entire auto industry his handiwork? Was it by his design? Either way, one thing is for certain. If you were ever in Detroit and you see the Nain Rouge, you better be ready because carnage is headed your way. Or a hot fucking party. Or a hot fucking party. I think the next March of the Rouge is in like March of
1: 2020. Hmm. Huh. Uh, I mean, it's like two months from now. Right. We're in January of twenty. Yeah, so it's, like three, it's a weird eight, thing to take in, like but yeah, termush. we're there. Right, yeah. Exactly.
0: All right, so what anyone needs to do, they need to Google March of the Nain Rouge, or just Google the Nain Rouge, because guess what I'm going to show you once we're done recording? Do you know what I read you earlier? Yeah. Do you remember that, what mm-hmm. I said? Yeah. His steed? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, it exists in real life and drives around town. The Cadillac? His dead automobile cockroach? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's there. Huh. And would you like to hear the Nain Rouge conduct an audio interview Mm. with a newscaster on a serious local news station?
1: I don't know if I do.
0: I mean, if you think it's dumb, you'll love it.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, then I do, yeah.
0: But that's like, is he a protector? Does he say that things are coming? Is he a force of evil? Hmm. Well, there's a movie coming out called Devil's a Night Dawn of the Nain Rouge. Hmm. Huh. Do you want to watch two teaser trailers later?
1: Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: There's also a comic that was made featuring the Nain Rouge and him being driven out of town and being a whole thing. It's just a little leprechaun guy, all
1: that I in- envision.
0: Well,. Why you imagine him being lame? You need to try and visual visualize someone's modern well, conceptualization I'm not of saying him. Lame. Okay, I'm that's just fair.
1: Saying leprechaun. Right, like, but with little ginger hair and
0: yeah. Well, what you need to picture is red skin.
1: Red skin. All they right. did, when they
0: set his face for red, they decided to take it to the next level and say he's a red skin creature with sharp teeth. He's got claws. There's figured figure
1: was a drunk little dwarf with like rosy cheeks.
0: No, you need to picture a devil. Huh. He's adapted for the modern times. But then again, supposedly he's a good guy. That's who you talk to, I guess. And that guy, the, the researcher, he showed up to one of the um, parades with the sign that says, like, don't fear the name or like respect the name. Like, he's basically because like people show up and they just yell at this name. And it's basically the name roasting Detroit. He's just like, hey, what's up, Detroit? You're fucking garbage. Here I am, assholes. They're like, fuck you, idiot. And then he hops on whatever he's doing because every year he's in a different outfit. And he goes through town, and then eventually the whole ritual is like they cast him out of town. But if you view the name as a protector and somebody you have to appease, and if you think praising him and giving him goods works in your favor, you know what is the last thing in the world you want to do? Get rid of him. Host an entire parade where you tell him he's garbage and force him out of your town.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it's just
0: like, what reality are we living in? hmm I don't know. But that's the name Rouge.
1: Mm-hmm. Rouge.
0: The uh The Haunter of Detroit. And I don't know how much you know about Stephen King and It. Not a lot. But like, just know that that monster crops up and bad shit happens. This is like a real-life version of that. Mm-hmm. Like that type of lore. Which is kind makes of very cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the name Rouge, man. Name Rouge, that's cool. He's a whole thing. And uh yeah. And the history of Detroit and a lot of bad shit and just craziness.
1: A lot of bad shit and but craziness.
0: Like, you know, there's a dose of there's a history of a town you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, there you go. Blackhawks. Go Detroit go Hawks, right? hmm Mm-hmm. But yeah. That's him. What a creature, man. Boom.
1: What a a guy. Well, let's wrap it up here then. Absolutely. So, you have anything to throw in here?
0: I mean, I would, I mean, everybody knows. I mean, well, if you're a new, if you're a first time listener, long time listeners know, but you can find us on all the social medias, so Weird and Feared, and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Facebook, Instagram, and um, our beloved patreon if you were trying to search for it and you were denied we figured some stuff out and now you can find it
1: yeah we were uh, lumped in with uh adult content
0: turns out cursing and swearing and drinking and talking about monsters <laughs> is for everybody
1: yeah. So, it is now, now, so now
0: you should be able to find us if you just search it. You can always find us by going to patreon.com slash weird and fear no spaces. But if you search us in the Patreon, you will find
1: us. Yeah. It was a game changer because we had a few people looking for it and everybody said they can't find it. And it was because we were lumped in with all the Instagram girls We were making too ad- money. We were
0: too adult, right? Yeah. Showing our, you know. No
1: problem with those. Those fine ladies. Oh, absolutely there. not! But if
0: you're an Instagram girl, you can email Weird and Fear Podcast at Podcast <laughs> at gmail dot com. If you like
1: monsters, madness, and mayhem, and mayhem, also email us. Don't ins- don't hit up those Instagram girls. Oh right, yeah, true, right. I mean, they might like it, but we'd like it more. We'd appreciate it more, absolutely.
0: And if you're a longtime fan or a first time Instagram girl, you can find our Instagram tags in the Weird and Fear Instagram. We're all mm-hmm. there. All the social media, you know how that goes. Everybody's got all this shit going on.
1: Yeah. Also, I am uh, Nick's been holding down the fort for the most part for us for a couple of weeks now. Uh, it's because I am in the process of taking over a brewery as the head brewer. Um, it's been discussed a long time ago that I used to work in a brewery, and yeah. bounce here here and there. And I'm back, and I want you to help name my beers. Oh my god. Because I think it would be fun. Especially since I work at a local brewery. Um please. And we love local history and local legends, all that stuff. So right now I'm working on coming up with a New England IPA. Oof. If you got a got a good name you want to throw at us.
0: We hit will me up. we will, yeah, we'll take submissions toward any avenue you can reach us. Facebook, the Instagram the email weird and feared podcast at gmail but I mean any of our Facebook pages, Instagram pages, yep, find us if you want to call in at anchor.fm slash weird and feared. You can leave us a sexy voice message and tell you your concept for the beer, and I mean that might put you in the top contender. Hopefully, it's a cool idea, but I mean go for it.
1: Yeah, I I will have to run by the ownership, right? But,
0: there's a layer of <laughs> there's a but, layer of
1: hierarchy here, but yeah, but hit me with it. If it's good, I will run with it. Absolutely.
0: Yes. So, yeah. Perfect. Lay it on us. Badass. Mm-hmm. Never really listened to this show yet. Contact us about all that stuff. And I mean, just hang in there. And uh, yeah, right now the Patreon is just, you know, whatever you choose. A dollar would be fucking awesome just to help us buy books and stuff. I mean, over time, that's enough. But eventually we'll nail out those tiers so you can actually get some goodies in return. Right. So it's not just we, nothing for free. You know what I mean? We, we can...
1: are ad-free. Absolutely. And we want to stay that way forever.
0: And... Some maniac is illustrating a book for this show, and yeah. eventually that will be finished, and there'll be details with that. Might even coincide with the Patreon. We'll see. Maybe some bonus content, illustrations, mm-hmm. depending on the see tiers. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But if you've been enjoying yourself this whole time, and if you can want to continue enjoying yourself for the rest of whatever you got going on,
1: just d- enjoy yourselves
0: and stay spooky.
1: Stay spooky.
0: Do it. <laughs>